0: We're starting a brand new series today, and maybe you've got this flyer in the mail from us, and look, look what the title is. It says, What Every Family Needs. I'm glad that you're here today to, to understand what every family needs, because I'm glad to tell you right now that I don't have a clue. <laughs> that didn't go anywhere either. <laughs> I don't have a clue. I don't know what every family needs. I used to know what every family needed, and then I got married and had children, and now I'm clueless, right? I remember working for a pastor one time, and I was a student pastor, and I thought, you know what, if I could ever be the pastor of a church, and I, you know, I, this church would be like, like uh, 2,000 three or 3,000 people by now when I was a student pastor. And I remember becoming the pastor of this church 25 years ago, and that's six months in, I called that pastor up and apologized to him. I said, I have no clue right now. And so that's the way we feel. But God has answers about the family, doesn't he? He has those answers, and so today, we want to look into God's Word, and we're going to find out about uh, the family, and I want to tell you, today, as we start, I want to give you this statement uh, that I hope that you will remember, because it will get you through what you're going through with your family, and it's this statement right here. Let's say it. You ready? Come on. My family will be okay if we do things God's way. Amen, everybody? Let's say that again. Come on. My family will be okay if we do things God's way. That's right. You say, well, Pastor, I haven't done things God's way. Well, let me tell you something. Start right now. Start now doing things God's way, and things will have a way of beginning to work out. I want to talk to you today about the purpose of family, the purpose of family. Now, I want to give you three things today that I, I think we have to set the tones in this series about what family's all about and the purpose of family. And again, over the next couple weeks, this is what I want to tell you. I do not want you to feel guilty. Every time that we start talking about, we're going to talk about the family, there's an automatic, there's a sense of guilt that's in the air, isn't there? I mean, you know, like, oh no, he's going to tell me everything I've been doing wrong, and I just don't, you know, I just can't get it right, and I just don't even want to be here if we're going to talk about that. And that's what we feel when it comes to talking about marriage and family, is we sort of feel overwhelmed like that. But I want to tell you today, that's not the case. I don't want you, as a matter of fact, I want to lower your guilt as, as, when it comes to family. And so, uh, so today, just hang in here with me, and I want to give you three things today, the, the purpose of family. So the first thing I'd like to share with you is, number one, the first thing about families is this. Number one is God created the purpose of family to pass on godly character, pass on godly character. That's, that's why God created the family. And we're going to find this. We're going to go back to the very beginning when God created the family in Genesis. And look what it says here. It says this. Genesis 1 and 26 says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Notice that. Let's say those three words together. You ready? Come on. In our likeness. In our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now here's what I want to tell you moms and dads. The number one job of parents is this number one is this Is to teach our children to be able to live without us But also to only be able to live with God Without us, but with God amen everybody amen. So that's our job is that is that we're to teach our children to be able to live without us But a dependency on God that is the number one purpose of family is that God said in his likeness now, uh I want to share, uh, you know, with you the importance of God's Word is that God's Word builds God's character in our lives. And that's what our our children need, our grandchildren need, and that's what you need is that we need a a foundation to build on. When Ron and I got married, there was a guy that gave us this Bible here. Now, this is what you go to -to door-to-door witnessing with. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody doesn't accept Jesus, you just knock them out, Right? (laughs) You just hit him with the word. Bam. So, uh, this guy, his name is Randy. It says, This says, uh, we, uh, this, the Holy Bible is the property of Jeff and Rhonda Dawes. We love you, Randy, Sheila, and Aaron. When we got married 33 years ago, this couple gave us this family Bible. And this Bible, I can tell you, we don't open this Bible up to read this Bible, it's a symbol. It sets, this Bible actually sets in our living area. We have a, a, an entertainment center. It sets on that entertainment center in our living area to remind us that we're, our lives is to be around God's Word. And many of you growing up, maybe your parents had a family Bible that, uh, that set out on a table like my grandmother... I don't know that she ever went to church then, but she had a big white family Bible that set out on a, her coffee table, is what she called it. Did anybody have those something like that? Remember that? Okay, yeah. So she had that big family Bible set out. Well, wanted to remind us that we're to center our lives around God's Word. And it is, so the purpose of family is that we, can, that we can possess and we can pass on godly character to our children. And look what the next verse says. In Psalms 1, uh, 1 through 3, it says this. Would you read out loud those first words? Even those of you that, that are watching online, let's read out those first three words out loud. Let's read them. You ready? Come on. God blesses those. Now, whenever I read something like that, the Bible says God blesses those, it gets my attention. Because I want to be blessed by God. How many of you want to be blessed by God? Can I see your hands? Okay, yes. And those of you online, yes. We want to be blessed by God. He said, God blesses those who, do, who don't walk in the counsel of, counsel of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join with those who make fun of God and good. Instead, they love God's Word. Instead, they love God's Word. Instead, they love God's Word. Amen? So you got to learn to love God's Word. They love God's Word, and they think about it day and night. They turn off Fox News, CNN News, MSNBC, all the late news, the early morning news, the all-day news. Hallelujah, right? You can't take but so much Listen, you only need about 30 minutes of news a day, and that's it. And you need about three hours of God's Word, it seems like, that to counteract it. So you need some good news. You need some good news. He goes on to say, They are like trees growing by the riverbanks that produce uh, bear fruit and don't dry up. As a result, they, re- they succeed in everything that they do. Listen, well, I want you to know, your children are not, they don't do everything that you tell them to do. Amen, everybody? That's right. No, sir, they don't do everything that you tell them to do, but they never fail to repeat the things that you do. Did you hear that? They may not do what you do or what you say to do, but they will do what you do. They will repeat what you do. Matter of fact, I remember years ago, one of Tawny Keller's daughter, our executive pastor, her daughter, several years ago, and, She was a young teen. I remember her saying, you know what? I just can't help but I I find the things that my parents say fall right out of my mouth. She's like, I don't want to say that stuff, but it falls right out of my mouth. And it happens because more is caught than taught. Amen, everybody? And so it's not not about what you say. It's about what you do. And God's words should be the center of that. Look at what Proverbs 22 and 6 says. This should relieve a little pressure as parents. He says... Teaching children how they should live, and they will remember it how long? All their lives. This is a verse in the King James says: train up a child in the way they should go, and when they get older, they shall not depart. In other words, they may, they may not they may not do what you think they should be doing, but God's word is still inside of them, and they're miserable. Right? Anybody in this room beside me has been miserable because you didn't want to do what God's word said to do, and you know what to do? Yes. I mean, I remember, you know, before I got saved, I knew what, I knew what God's Word said to do, but I, I, didn't, I was choosing not to do it. And I remember every night I'd lay down before i go to sleep. I said, now, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Don't let me go to hell, God. Amen. <laughs> right? Anybody ever prayed prayers like that? Do you, know, do you know that when you, when you sow the seeds into your children's lives, they may be living like the devil right now, but I want to tell you, God's working on them. And they're miserable. And the reason they're so doggone mean is because they're, they're, they're aggravated on the inside. They have no peace because there's a war going on inside of them. And they can't, they can't combat that war with, with anger. They can't combat that war with uh, fussing at it or whatever because they can't see that war. They see you. So sometimes you're, you're getting the result of that battle that's on the inside. Does that make sense to you? The most miserable people I know are the ones that know the truth and refuse to live by the truth and that are running from the truth. They're miserable. Amen? I've been miserable before. But here's the good news, mom and dad. I don't to tell you. Here's the good news, is that, you see, you're only responsible for the input while they're young. It's God's responsibility of the outcome when they get older. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? He said, listen, that should take a weight off of you because some of your children right now, they're older, and they're making bad mistakes, and you're thinking, oh, if I would have been a better parent. Oh, no, no. No, listen, you just put what you had into them. You put the good that you had into them, and then God will take care of the outcome. You take care of the input. That's why I would tell you this. When your children are about, you know, under the age of 11, then get a, get a children's Bible and begin to read those children's stories to them. I mean, you know, listen, you can, yeah, you can pull them up on your phone or your iPad, but I would challenge you, get a physical children's Bible and read those stories to them. It show them all the pictures. Do that. But when you, they get about 11 years old, you're going to become a creeper. I remember going, my daughter, about 11 years old, we was talking about it last night. She said, Jared, you remember when I used to call you a creeper? I said, yes, I do remember that. And she said, you know, you know when she got about 11, I'd go to her room, I'd say, okay, it's time for bed, but I'm going to read you a story. She said, one day, I mean, one day, I don't know, he said, get out of my room, creeper, and her head spun around about three times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's sort of what it felt like, you know, the exorcist. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on here? And... uh and you know, but I— re- but 11 years old, about that age, all of a sudden, you know, it's not cool anymore. So here's what I tell you: is that maybe you don't read to them anymore, but you let them see and you read God's word. Remember, more is caught than taught. I—I I set my kids up many times. I remember right before they get up, they get up to have to go to school or something. I'd make sure to be sitting right there where they see me reading my Bible. I might sometimes I wasn't even reading; it. I was just looking at it. <laughs> I'd already read it, but I wanted wanted them to see God's Word in my hand and my life when I wasn't preaching a sermon, when I wasn't trying to study for a sermon. No, that when I was investing in me, and listen, if you let them see it, then they'll be it. Amen? Once you let them see, they will be. I would challenge you to do that, is investing God's Word into their life. So I I have a next step for you. It says, I will do my very best to at least to read one verse of the Bible to my children today, to my family, I challenge you that if you know online you can do the U Version Bible and it has a verse of the day. I challenge you just before you go to sleep, just that one verse. Why don't you tell? Get your kids together, your grandkids if they're spending the night at your house, and say, "Hey, we're gonna read this verse together," and just share the God's word with them. It changes. God's word matters. Amen. And so, well, listen, when you, put, when you put God in when they're younger, then eventually God will come out when they get older. I know some of you are still waiting, amen? <laughs> You're waiting on that, but it will come out when they get older. I challenge you. This, so let's say our point again. You ready? It's coming up on the screen. Let's say this with confidence. Let's say it out loud and proud. You ready? Let's say it. Here we go. My family will be okay if we do things God's way. That's it. They'll be okay if we do things God's way, even starting right now. No matter how bad we messed it up. Number two is this. So we see the second purpose. The first purpose was pass on God the character. The second is learn to love others. That's the purpose of family. It's to learn to love others. God put you in a family so you can learn how to love. You can learn how to love. Look what the Bible says here. In Genesis 1 and 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Let's read this last part. You ready to read it, read it loud and proud again? Here we go. Male and female, he created them. Wow, he started a war. (laughs) Amen, everybody. I don't know if you know that, but, you know, Ron and I are different. You know, our bodies are different. Our thinking is different. What we like is different. Everything's different, right? What we like to eat is different. Everything's different. And when you bring those differences together, all of a sudden you got differences, right? And all of a sudden it's on. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I was uh, talking to my neighbor, and uh, uh, he was talking on the phone. All of a sudden, his wife took the phone from him. And she said, Jeff, you got to pray for me. And I said, Well, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, this was like an emergency. I mean, she took the phone. She says, Well, here she is, you know, she lives, her father lives with her, uh, and of course, she and her husband. She she said, Jeff, I'll tell you, these two, and she just paused about, I don't know, it seemed like 30 seconds. I mean, I'm like, did she leave? Did she hang up? I don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, she said, these two men, these two men, these two men are driving me, these two men are driving me crazy. You better pray for me or there's going to be a murder. She'd had enough of her dad and her husband. She'd had enough. Maybe, ladies, you feel that way sometimes. Don't look at them right now. All right, just keep looking this way. Look what the Bible says in Genesis 2 and 18. The Lord God said, let's read that last part together. Online, if you're watching, let's read it out loud. Here we go. It is not good for the man to be alone. It's not good for a man to be alone. It's amazing. It seems like that when God created Eve, she was an afterthought, doesn't it? And when you read that Bible, you just open up, read, God created the animals, He created man, and all of a sudden God looks at it and says, well, you know what? It's just not right yet. But I want to tell you, Eve was not an afterthought. God wanted Adam to find out what it was like to be lonely. He had all those animals out there, and now He's like, you know what? This still is not fulfilling me. And I want you to know something. The only cure for Adam's loneliness was God. Was God plus Eve. See, it takes those two to, to, to bring them together. It was God plus Eve that, that cured Adam's loneliness. It was God plus Eve. One of the greatest issues of our time right now is loneliness. One of the greatest issues, especially in the season that we're in right now, because everybody's got to isolate. And everyone, they tell us, you know, you can't be around anyone, and, and, and we're all social distance here, you know, in this room. And, and, and so it's very challenging. And I want to tell you, the more that we become digitized, the more we become isolated. And I know that we're all sick of looking at screens, aren't we? Is anybody tired of Zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we're tired of screens, aren't we? And we get, we're expressing now in the day that we're living. But what I want you to know is this, we get so connected digitally. We have all our friends that are digital, you know, on our social media platforms. But what we begin lacking more than anything else and we long for is face-to-face interaction, relationships. And you need that. And we need that. And I know we have to be creative, but we, we need that. And I want to encourage you. Look, look, make sure that you do the best that you can. to If you've got a grandparent that can't get out and you're scared to go see them, go stand in, go stand in front of their window, wave at them or something. Let them, we need to see somebody, right? And I want to tell you what, when I see people, when I see you guys, you're medicine for my eyes. Mm, That was a good line right there, wasn't it? (laughs) It is. It brings healing to my eyes because I I missed you so much. I missed you so much. Look at the next verse, Genesis 2 and 22 and 24. The Lord God used the rib from the man to make a woman, and then uh, then he brought the woman to the man. And look what man said. And the man said, now, this is someone whose bones came from my bones, whose body came from my body. I'll call her woman because she was taken out of man. So a man will leave his father and mother. So a man should leave his father and mother. A man shouldn't stay home until he's 70 years old with his mom and dad. Okay, you get me now. All right, there you go. All right, I'm just giving a message there. I'm helping some of you out. So, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And look at this last part. And the two, let's read what's online Ready? Come on. Two will become one body. What he was saying, what Adam was saying is this is that, you know, this is when God instituted marriage, right here. This is it. They married, they got married. Man and a woman, they come together. It's God's way. And they were making a commitment. He said, You know, this is my bone. I'm making a commitment to you. You're part of me now. And God was saying to Adam, she's part of you, and Eve, you're part of him. You're to become one. Now that thing about becoming one is interesting, isn't it? The two shall become one. Well, you know, I have no problem with that. With Ron and Adam, we got married two becoming one as long as we can be, as long as I can be the one that we become. (laughs) Come on, somebody, right? That, that's what causes all the fights right there. In his, uh, we, want, we want them to become us, right? we got to fight. Okay, I want, I want you to be more like me. No, I want you to be more like me. If you're more like me, then we wouldn't have all these problems. No, if you is more like me, we wouldn't have these problems. That's what we start fighting right there, right? Which one are we going to become? And so he said, the two shall become one. That means we've got to have a little bit of you and a little bit of me. And that's where it begins, the, the struggles begin at. It's amazing. You see, in your family, God created family so you can learn how to fight with each other, so you can learn how to fight for each other. Amen? You know, brothers and sisters, right? I mean, you got brothers and sisters. When you were growing up, he was knocked down dragouts, right? I mean, he was fussing and fighting and all that stuff. But when they get older and you move away, and then all of a sudden, you will, nobody else can do that, right? I remember my, uh, my younger brother, TJ, and what I've told you about a lot, who had, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer that God's done a miracle for. But he was a, When we were growing up, he was my little brother. Now he's my big brother, but yeah, I tell, still tell him he's my little brother. But but we were growing up, you know. And I remember I would pick on him all the time, just do things that older brothers do. I'd pick on him in front of my friends. But then when my friends wanted to pick on him, oh no, uh-uh, hey, leave him alone, right? That's my brother. Ah, oh, I can do what I want to him, but you can't, right? That's the way families are. We learn we learn how to fight. Uh, for, uh, with each other so we can learn to fight for each other. And that's what God created family to do. Now, look at this. Uh, look at the next verse, uh, 1 John 4 and 16. We're going to find out that love is like the roof on a building. It covers everything. It makes everything better. He goes on and says this, 1 John 4 and 16. God is love. Now, would you read that next sentence, or uh, the next part of this sentence to that comma? Let's read it out loud. You ready? Come on. If we keep on loving others, see that big if right there? If we, if we keep on loving others, here's a promise. If we keep on loving others, we will stay one in our hearts with who? With God, and He will stay one with us. What He's saying is that love, love keeps on going. It's like the Energizer buddy, it just keeps on going. It keeps on loving, it keeps on giving, it keeps on going. The energizer, buddy, it keeps on going is what love does. Love doesn't stop. It keeps on going, and it keeps on going. You see, love is like that triangle. It love, there's no way that you can give love until you receive love. That's why I always tell the couples when they're getting married, to say it's the, it's the marriage triangle. There's God here, and you're here, and the other is over here. And so you have to have, when you have God in your life and you, you have God, then you can receive love. And once you receive love, then you can give love. But until you receive love, you can never really give unconditional love, right? I mean, you know what unconditional love is? I had no clue until we had a child. I remember, you know, our son being born, Tyler. Rhonda had been in labor for about 80 hours, it seemed like. <laughs> She's been sure she felt that way. It had been about 12 hours. And I mean, it was like, oh my goodness, I not think this baby was ever going to get here. And, and, and about, the, you know, about the time that I think she was ready to give up, he finally came. And so I remember laying that, taking that baby and, and they held it, put him in my arms and put him on her stomach. And, and there he was. And I thought all of a sudden, I would die for this little thing. I don't know. I don't even know him yet, but... I would die for him. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, I love this rascal. And he done nothing for me but caused me pain. I mean, he called Rhonda to squeeze my hand, almost slapped me, and all this stuff. Okay, you've never been in labor delivery, I guess. But there he was, unconditional love. And that's exactly what God offers you. You know what? You've done nothing to deserve it. You've done absolutely nothing. But he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you so that you could experience unconditional love. And once you experience unconditional love, then you can give unconditional love. You cannot give what you have not received. Amen, everybody. Until you realize that he loves me no matter what. God loves me no matter what. God loves me no matter what. Until you, until you comprehend that, then you're never going to be satisfied in your relationships because it's all, always going to be conditional. But once you receive unconditional love, then you can give unconditional love. And here's the great news. When you've got two people that have received unconditional love and they begin to move toward God, and the more you move toward God, the closer you become as people. It's just love. I would challenge you today. My question to you is this. Have you received God's unconditional love? I want to look at you and I want to look at everyone and tell you today that you need God's love. Right now, more than ever before, in all the uncertainty, and every one of us right now are living in uncertainty. We have no idea what tomorrow is going to hold. And we need to know the one that holds tomorrow. And you're never going to have peace until you got him. And the way you receive that unconditional love, because it's offered but you've got to receive it, is you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you just simply say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me and forgive me of my sins. And when you do that, my friend, He's going to open up your heart to begin to love like you've never known before. And if you said that prayer today, I just challenge you, whether you're in this room or you're watching online, that you would just text so we can know and we can pray with you the words following Christ to that number you see on the screen. And I just want to pray for you, and I want to uphold you and and go the journey with you. So if you please text us. Look, coming up on the screen again, this is what we're saying today. Would you say this with me? Let's say it. Come on. My family will be okay if we do things God's way. No matter, where, no matter how much you've messed up in the past, starting right now, right now, it's gonna, we, God can help us work this out. The third thing, the third purpose of family is this, is to provide a spiritual covering and a blessing. Provide a spiritual covering and a blessing. God wants us not only to pass on godly character, Not only to learn how to love others and family, but he wants us to pass on, provide a spiritual blessing, provide a spiritual covering and blessing. Look at Genesis 1 and 28. Now, notice this first line. Matter of fact, let's just read the first line, this underline. Here we go. God blesses them and said to them. So God blessed them and said to them. Notice that's two things right there. God blessed them and said to them. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, notice I showed you at the beginning of that verse. He said, God blessed them and said to them, what is a blessing? A blessing is more than words. It's two things. A blessing is this. A blessing is projection of good onto someone by the power of God. Did you hear that? A blessing is is pronouncing something good over someone by the power of God. It's not just saying, I hope you have a good day. No, it's saying, God bless you. I see, I want God's blessing over your job, God's blessing over your family, God's blessing over your children. When you begin to say that, it's not just your words, it's the power of God as well. When you bless someone, you're invoking the power of God. And that's exactly what God did with Adam and Eve. Have you ever noticed... When you, you know, this whole creation story, that the devil did not show up until there was a family to break up. Did you notice that? The devil did not even show up. Like, we don't even, we don't hear anything about the devil until Adam and Eve come together and get married. And once they get married, once a, he don't, the devil didn't show up until there was a family to break up. And I'm telling you, that's the same thing with you, right? I mean, like, it's like, man, the devil's in my house. <laughs> you ever had that statement? Okay, nobody in this room, but Rhonda and I have experienced that before. Yes, we like felt like the devil, like it's like, whoa, what's going on here? And I want to tell you that every, every problem that you have is not just coincidence. Because there's a devil that's real, and the last thing he wants is your family to succeed. He wants to keep turmoil in your home. He wants it to be tore up all the time. He wants it to be argument, disagreements all the time. He wants you to go at each other all the time. And listen, I am a big fan of counseling. Everybody knows that. I mean, you've been around here any time. I'm a fan of counseling. But let me tell you something. Counseling cannot take, take the place of spiritual warfare through prayer. Amen? I mean, listen, there, there's something that, listen, you just got to pray about. And there's something that God's got to do. And I would challenge you today that some of the things that's going on in your home right now, it ain't just happening because it's happening. It's because there's an enemy of your soul, and he's been attacking you. And you need to stop him in the name of Jesus. Amen. The best thing that some of you can do is go through your house and say, I rebuke you, devil, out of this room, and just go through your whole house and do a house cleaning in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. I can't tell you how many times Rhonda and I walked through with, with a little oil on our finger. Look, we didn't have the special olive oil. We had Crisco, baby. And we went through the house and, and anointed our children's pillars. Hallelujah. Amen. Get Noah uh, when they, they was wondering why their head's get a little slick. It's because we even greased it down. <laughs> right? I mean, you got, you got to take this thing. Noah, uh, Noah, uh, no, you're not having our family, and we're not having this. you got to get out of here. And so what we could not take care of physically, we learned that we had to get on our knees and take care of it spiritually. Amen? And so I want to challenge you to do that. I'm preaching better than your amen today. There you go. Thank you very much. Amen. So I would share this with you. Look at the next uh, verse. Jesus picked this up. Mark 10 and 13, it says this. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was what? He was what? Angry. He wasn't dissatisfied. (laughs) No, he was ticked off. He was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me, you stupid idiots. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You just got to read the Bible with a little flavor, right? (laughs) Amen. Thank you. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I want to stop right here and say this. I cannot overstate the importance of bringing your children to the house of God. They need to be around people that are seeking Jesus. You know, this week I was talking to a man, who when I when I hung up that phone made my heart swell. He said, Pastor Jeff, we've not been able to be there to come to church because my wife has had medical issues. But one thing I want to assure you of is that every, every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, I got my children out of bed, and we all come and gathered around the television, and we, we were there at church. Now, that's what I'm talking about right there. There's some of you that can't be here. You don't feel comfortable being here right now. Now, I understand that. that's okay, but don't you miss church. You get your family, you bring them in around that screen and you say, listen, hey, for the next 45 minutes we're going to tune in here and we want to hear what God's got to say. And they may squirm a little bit and seem disinterested. That's okay because they're going to catch something and I would challenge you to tune in and lean in and have church with your family even if you've got to do it at home right now. Amen? Amen? Amen. Church is important. Jesus goes on and says this. Says, so I tell you the truth. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God is like a child and will never enter it. Then he goes on and says that. Then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their head and blessed them. He blessed them. I want to teach you to bless your family today. You know, in, in Numbers 6 and 24, we read about the power of the blessing. God, when he created the Jewish nation, he created them to, in order that they may pass on his word. You know, the number one reason God, that we see looking back over history, that God created the Jewish nation was because they carried God's word. I mean, as soon as they come out of Egyptian bondage, God began to give them the Ten Commandments. And because of that, we have God's word through those people. God used them to deliver his word. And so God said, listen, the, the Jewish family is stronger. Than one of the... the uh, The Jewish people have one of the strongest families, some of the strongest families that we've ever uh, witnessed in our time because they've learned the power of blessing. You see, every Friday night in a Jewish home, they will bring their children in, the mom and the dad, and they will lay their hands on their children and they will pronounce a blessing over them. This blessing was given a long time ago, thousands of years ago, and God still honors it. And it's found in Numbers 6. It says this. Numbers 6 and 24. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to start blessing your family. Listen, I mean, freak your kids out, your grandkids. That's okay. What's happened to Grandpa? I don't know. But all I know is that we're getting better. And listen, there's so many people that's declaring curses over your family, telling them what they can't be, and telling them how dumb they are. And on social media, they face it every day to where people are constantly push, pushing their best and telling them how dumb they are because they're, they're not like this. They need to know that there's a blessing that comes from Almighty God, and He made them the way they are, and He loves them the way they are, and He cares about them just like they are. And so you and you and you and you should put your hand on your children and your grandchildren And even if they're grown before they leave, maybe the next time you have dinner with them, get in the parking lot of a restaurant and just say, hold on a minute. I want to put my hand on you and bless you. After people call the cops. Power of a blessing. It changes generations. I want to challenge you to do it. There it is right there. It's It's in your outline and you can get your Bible out, and I declare, I ask you to do that. That you would bless your family, bless your children, and watch what God will do. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's sccview.net, and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.